Hello and welcome back listeners to Commodity Conversations by Mercado for your weekly catch up on all the important moves and drivers in ag commodity markets. I'm Olivia Agar and joined as per usual by Robert Herman, but we also have a new fresh face or better yet fresh voice on the podcast today. Our subscribers may have noticed a few new names contributing to our analysis over the last few weeks and one of which was Nick Booth who joined Rob on the podcast last week. But today we have Adrian, who's our new senior market analyst that's joined the team, and he's been putting out some reports on cattle and grain over the last few weeks, and we're really pleased to have him here for today's episode. So welcome to Commodity Conversations, Adrian. Thank you very much, Olivia. So you've, you've been part of the team here for about, oh, what is it, three, three weeks now, and how have you been finding it? Well, there's some characters in this um, in this company, but um, I reckon it's, I've, I've really enjoyed my time here already so far. It's great to actually have access to some of the best databases in ag commodities um, in Australia at the moment, um, and I've been having a lot of fun actually exploring through what we what we have stored away here. So. You had a bit of a look at the canola market and vegetable oil uh, global market this week on Mercado. Adrian, can you tell us a bit about what's going on there? Yeah, over the past week, we've seen canola futures in China actually have a really strong rally and they're quite more than 10% to about $1,100 Australian metric tonne um, from the start of this month. Um, now, a lot of that actually has been uh, off the back of labour shortages in Malaysia, um, which is a, a massive producer of um, palm oil. Now, the vegetable oil markets are all quite connected and COVID-19 really knocked around um, some of the ability of the Malaysians to actually bring in um, the usual guest workers from Bangladesh um, <clears throat> and Indonesia, uh, who usually pick and prune um, the extensive plantations over there. Now, it's a real shame, uh, really, because you look at um, the pricing of canola um, between Australia and over in China, and we're, it's only tracking around about the $600 Australian market at the moment. And uh, we're, so we're looking at like a $500, $600 spread um, between here and there. A lot of that's probably off the back of market access now, ability to actually get the canola into, uh, into China. Um, and the, the driver between the spread has been uh, has been especially that um, <clears throat> Canada um, used to be a huge exporter into China, but due to trade restrictions and bio, um, biosecurity issues, their tonnage has actually almost halved over the last couple of years. And I think it's created a real shortage uh, of oil seeds in the, uh, in the Chinese marketplace. Yeah, that must be a, a bit of a worry about the shortage in supply into China for, for those that are consuming over there. I mean, there's... There's been those ongoing issues from political point between Canada and, and China for, for a lot of this year and it seems it's filtering into the canola and oilseed market now. So are we seeing any more volumes going into China out of Australia for canola so far? Yeah, things have been looking a lot more positive. Um, prior to mid-last year, virtually no Australian canola was actually heading out to China, um, but we've seen about 590,000 tonnes um, head out from not just the usual suspect of um, Western Australian ports, but also from Victoria and, and Adelaide, which is really positive. So it looks like we're seeing a bit more market penetration into China um, for Australian producers. And 
hopefully as that increases, we might actually see some um, flow through of the Chinese prices into the Australian market um, over the next year or so. Yeah, absolutely. While we've lost some market access for barley due to tariffs into China, it'd be great to see the doors start to open for, for more canola going in there. But thanks very much for that, Adrian. We'll move on to sheep now. So, Rob, land markets have been tumultuous in the last few weeks, to say the least. Has that continued on this week? Well, the, the volatility still continues, Liv. Um, and I was interested in looking at uh, a couple of articles that were posted on Mercado this week. Angus had a look at um, what's likely to happen to uh, lamb price going into the um, into the spring new season's lamb. Uh, and... Uh, you know, the first thing that I noticed there was that what he, the um, article heading and, you know, looking at the $1.56 billion question. And so it really just focuses that this lamb business we have on the East Coast here is a, is a really important contributor to the overall agricultural and general economy uh, in, in Victoria and New South Wales predominantly. But um, the, the question about demand is the one that's always there now and it's, it's a little bit more problematical. We've probably talked about it enough. Supply, though, is likely to be slightly higher this year than last year and that's on the back of what would be seen as a much better lambing percentage in New South Wales, a better season. You know, the, the weather's been... While we've had a lot of feed, a lot of rain to grow the feed, the conditions were quite mild to, for lambing, etc. And those lambs have actually progressed very, very well. But uh, weighing it all up and looking at where the price is now and then using that to project prices into the spring, it looks like at the peak of supply in the spring will be something like 10 or maybe 25% lower than where we were last year. So I think that's uh, that, that's a reasonable expectation right now. It doesn't mean that uh, the market's going to collapse, but it just means that in that peak period, we will be a little bit lower. There will be one other factor that will influence on that, Liv, and that is it depend, it'll depend on how the season continues, especially in New South Wales. If we continue to get good conditions, the... Um, the lambs will be able to be held on longer. So we know that when the market gets a little bit soft, if it, if the conditions are poor and farmers have got to um, destock and get rid of their lambs, the, the supply just overwhelms the market. It may be the other way around this year, whereas if the market softens into the spring when the peak season comes on, farmers will be able to hang on to their lambs a little bit longer, put a bit more weight on um, if they've got the feed, and, and that will take the pressure off the, off the price going to that peak period. And what about the Victoria situation, though? Um, I mean, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty there around supply and, and how that's been playing out. Um, what do you think Yes, about well, the biggest, the biggest lamb processor is in Colac is uh, the Australian Lamb Company, and that's still shut down because of COVID. It's a real problem for, for the Colac area. I mean, imagine it's the biggest employer in Colac, so it's having a big impact there. I think we're very fortunate in one way that it's happening at this time of the year where our lowest supply comes through and uh, and there's no doubt I think in um, in the report that you put out today Liv you noted that um, you know while the slaughter was lower by 25% I think it was in Victoria it was up by 27% in New South Wales so it it balanced it out and uh, and that in the end meant that the Eastern States trade lamb indicator was a little bit stronger but it does give us a bit of a warning that um, if 
this sort of a shutdown happened in the peak of the spring, then there would be a, a real bank up of livestock and that, that would be a, you know, a, a terrible situation, especially if you've got areas where they're trying to you know, get their lambs, turn their lambs off. The only other thing I thought was interesting was um, talking about new people on the books, Olivia. Um, Jamie Lee Oldfield put up a, a really interesting article about the mutton price and there, was, there were two things that stood out to me in that. First one was that even though mutton has come back a little bit in the last... Uh, month uh, and and supply is certainly very tight so it's un- unlikely you're going to see a lot of export demand while supplies is low the price is still 222 cents above the five-year average for this time of the year so that's an extraordinary lift for an indicator um, but at the same time uh, there's about 900,000 sheep less have been slaughtered year on year so so you know tight supply high price uh, it's supporting the uh, the mutton market. We know demand's good, so I think we're going to see that mutton is going to remain a really strong price relative to uh, lamb uh, in the f- in the foreseeable future. Yeah, you're right, Rob. We've noted that lamb supply will likely be above last year's levels in the second half of the year, but that definitely is not going to be the case with sheep, and that tight supply will support mutton prices going forward. Speaking of price support, though, uh, and moving on to cattle, domestic cattle prices are still holding firm. They've definitely found their level and are quite content floating around there. The Eastern Young Cattle Indicator was pretty much unchanged on last week. It finished up on Thursday at 754 cents per kilo. So we haven't seen export beef prices fall any further recently, but what we have seen is another decent lift in the Australian dollar over the last week, which has put an extra cent on. And that's just adding to the pressure on export cattle markets that young cattle prices just seem to be defying at the moment. But most categories showed some strength throughout the last week, which was a factor of the tight supply and a really good drenching of rain across the east coast in the last week, which looks to set to continue into the next week as well, which is good news. So medium and heavy steers saw some pretty healthy gains. Uh, They were reversing some of the losses made in prior weeks, lifting around 10 to 12 cents. And as Jamie Lee reported on Mercado this week, the the trading scenario is really pretty tight. And and with the cost of restocking at the moment, we might see a lot of grass if all this rain continues going uneaten. And that would likely mean a bumper silage and hay season if everything continues at the current rate. But uh, like with lamb markets, though, supply in Victoria has been affected by processor closures. There was a 33% fall in yardings in Victoria last week. So obviously a lot of producers are quite nervous about the market and the situation down there. But that was really offset by more cattle through the yards in New South Wales. It is quite good news, though, that major processes like JBS that had the plant closures have announced that they're gradually reopening. And as well, Midfield Meats is had to fly in new inspectors to get the plants up and going again soon. So although it's still pretty early days and everything changes, uh, you know, incredibly quickly, they've been able to make plans to minimise all those disruptions quite quickly. And even though there's still challenges, you know, with the border crossings and and moving uh, between the two, it does provide a bit of confidence that these supply chains are resilient and adapting to the challenges as they come up. All right. Well, that's a pretty big wrap up for the week, Liv, I think. Um, uh, I hope that everybody is um, 
staying safe. We're certainly all in remote areas. We're all looking at each other here on Zoom and uh, and recording this, so it makes it a little bit complicated. But uh, like everybody, I think we're surviving okay. Thanks for that, Rob, and Adrian as well for joining us for the first time on the podcast today. And to everyone listening, I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. We'd love it if you could share it around. And remember, this podcast is just general discussion, not advice. But we do have an Australian Financial Services Licence. So if you are looking for more advice and strategy, we'd be happy to hear from you. We'll talk to you next week.